Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds loss or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and I'm super happy that you're here today. And now let's talk about our guest today, Monica Packer, because today I'm interviewing a powerhouse of a woman. Her message of progress over perfection has always resonated with me. She started her podcast about two years ago, and I love the message that she shares with the world that it really is about the process. And I think that a lot of what she says relates so directly into the fitness industry that Yes, you can have goals and yes, you can have your sights on something, but the transformation comes in the process of it, not in the actual reaching of the goals. And I think Monica is a great example of this. Also, a quick reminder, you have until November 22nd to go and leave a review on iTunes. Hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Let me know what you like about the podcast, what you're excited about hearing, and you'll be entered to win enrollment into my 12-module online course, Ditch the Diet. I can't wait to pick one of you guys to win it. I know it's going to be a game changer for you. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Monica Packer. All right. I'd like to welcome Monica Packer to the podcast. Welcome, Monica. Thanks, Amber. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you here. So I have to do a little a little shout out to Monica because Monica oh. was actually the first person ever who asked me to be interviewed on a podcast. I actually looked back and it was January of 2017 and oh she was my very first person. She approached me and like asked me for an interview. And honestly, like it was kind of what got this seed planted in my mind of like starting my podcast. So <laughs> Monica, like you're an inspiration. Thanks. I seriously have tears in my eyes. I mean, I, I mean, shout back, shout out right back to you because seriously, the way you promoted it and, and what you did for me there, I, I think it was one of my big listens, you know, because of you, you taught me a lot about that and cheerleading and, and promoting other people. You've done that yes. for me. So Monica has an awesome podcast. It's called About Progress. And the tagline is that it's about pro- about progress, not perfection, which I love. You yeah. know, I love that like concept. Mm. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today about what she's learned. You've been doing it for two years now. Is that right? Just about. Just about. about. Two years. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to dive a little bit more into that in just a little bit. But I, I do want to start out just kind of having you introduce yourself, Monica, so that everybody can kind of know who you are and what you're about. Yeah. So I live in the Bay Area. I have four little kids. They're seven years old and down to seven months right now. And what I did before having kids, I was an English and history teacher to middle school students. And I totally loved that, but I totally was ready to hang up my teaching hat and become a stay-at-home mom. And I've been doing that for, you know, seven years. And along the way, I just wanted to do other things. I learned that I had lost myself 
as a mom, I bought into a lot of things we often do about thinking that it was selfish for me to progress in my own life. And um, because of that, I grew just really unhappy with who I was individually. And as I tried to work on progress in my life again, not looking for an end product, but for um, buying into the process that would transform me. It did. It totally transformed me. And it somehow led to a podcast devoted to all things progress. We talk a lot about like (laughs) anything under the sun that has to do with self-development coupled with self-love. And I just love to you know, kick people in the pants and give them a hug at the same time. (laughs) And it's just been a wild ride. And I really love, love doing it. And, and weirdly it's made me a better mom. Oh, for sure. When I was growing up, my mom taught fitness classes, um, which Mm -hmm. many people may know, but something else that she would always tell me was that as a mom, she's like, as a mom, Amber, like you need something, you need something Mm -hmm. that's outside of being a mom. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a job or like you have to work or whatever, but whether it's canning or scrapbooking or something that like you can have, that's, that still is like you as a person outside of you as a mother. And I think it's really important as, as moms that we have something that can define us in, in, in addition to motherhood, not that motherhood's bad, but like in addition to that. Yeah. So I just think it's really important to like have that something in addition to being a mom. And I think that's what you found with your podcast, well, with your blog first, right? Cause you started your blog yeah, and then yeah. with your podcast. So kind of tell me how you got started with blogging and then how that got the idea got planted for the podcast. Well, I mean, I was approaching my 30th birthday and I had just never really felt so lost in my life um, at that point. And I I realized that I had all these big to small, small, small things on my back burner about myself, like things I was interested in, goals I had, ways to increase my creativity. And I made a list of 30 things I wanted to do before I turned 30. And one of them I put on there was start a blog. I had thought about starting a blog for eight years before that. Like it's something that had been ruminating in my mind for that long. And I didn't want to do it because I thought nobody would read it and I didn't know what it would be about. You know, I knew I wanted to do it on um, progress and I, I did have that name right from the beginning, but I didn't know what that my niche was or anything. So I wasn't wrong though. Nobody really read it. <laughs> I did. I did have a, a few viral posts, I guess you can say for someone who was getting just a couple hundred reads a, a post or some that were up there, but But what's weird is it led to the podcast. And that's what I love. I love to teach this concept to women. It's called do something for me. Um, You just do something that scares you. Anything. You can start so small. Like one of the things on my list was make 30 new recipes. And I I counted a new thing of oatmeal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But making those 30 recipes honestly made me a better person. And it and it instilled this confidence that had this trickle down effect in my life. And it became so much more, even just internally, not even externally with the podcast or the things I've been trying to work on. But I mean, that's kind of a long answer to your question that it somehow led to the podcast. I don't even know how that idea came into my head, but one day driving home from a like on a road trip, I turned to my husband and said, I'm going to start a podcast. And I spent 10 hours on the way home writing out all the people I'd want to interview, what my tagline could be. I bought equipment off of Amazon on my phone. Like I just went for it because I already had that practice of doing something that scared me. 
Gosh, I love that. Um, and I love your, your idea of the, like, your do something initiative because I, mm-hmm. I do. And one of the things I love about fitness is that it, it presents challenges. And as you lean into those challenges, you do, you become a better person and you build more confidence. And, and I think just sometimes taking the first step of doing something, like not even doing all of it, but just doing a part of it and, and leaning into that challenge is so, so valuable in the long run. Yeah, especially because what I try to teach, um, I, I'm I'm teaching women now about this. What I try to teach them is the key there is to not worry about the outcome. It's all about the process because the outcomes will never stay static. Even if you be, if you reach your goal, it's gonna you're gonna reach it and then it's gone. You know, it won't just stick around. So you have to learn how to dig into the process and enjoy it for what it is and what it can teach you. A freaking men. I love that. So have yeah. you always been really like goal focused, focused on, you know, making progress or like improving yourself? Or is that something that you feel like has kind of developed later in your life? Truly, this is something that has been a part of my character since I was a really little girl. Um, it's I've always had this urge to improve myself, but I do have to be honest and say that a lot of that growing up, up until my young 20s, was not from a good place. It was more of a place of proving my worth. I had to prove it to myself. I had to prove it to others. And more than that, I wanted to be good, but I wanted to be better than others, mm. not just like better better than myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then I hit a low point in college of, you know, when everything uh, hit the fan, you could say. And I, I struggled deeply with eating disorders as, you know, an overdrive of perfectionism had controlled me for so long. Your, your humanity is going to show no matter what. When you're trying to hide your humanity, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And my humanity came out in going crazy. And I'm not saying that lightly. I, I had a whole host of mental illnesses at that time. And then um, after that, as I began my years of recovery and working on it, I kind of went the other way. I kind of shut down that progress side of me, that Mm. side of me that wanted to try things. And it was also still out of fear of not feeling like I measured up. The same route existed. Um, But so going to either side of the pendulum for me just wasn't good because Mm -hmm. I I wasn't really growing either way for myself. Mm -hmm. So I guess that, I mean, I don't know if that fully answers. I think turning back to that side of me, you know, in part to grow, that desire to grow has been really, really healing for me in my, you know, early thirties to win back that half, but to do it with a different side that is more about already trying to own that I'm worthwhile, no matter what, that's what's made the difference. The really, you illustrated it really well, that continuum between, you know, on one side, there's this like perfectionistic have to prove something about your worth to the other side of like just saying, you know, I am enough. I don't have to change and being stagnant. And neither of those are really good for the long term. And there's a happy medium in between there where, yeah, you are enough just as you are right now. But that doesn't mean that you can't continue to make set goals and like focus on improving over time. Um, and yeah. I, I think it's a balance that you have to find. Yes. And and one of the things I, I, I think kind of blows people's minds that I like to talk about is procrastination. Like people who think, oh, I'm not a perfectionist because I just don't succeed at anything. I don't even try. Like I'm total underachiever. I'm like, guess what? You are a perfectionist. You are not trying out of fear of it not being good enough. Mm-hmm. You are procrastinating because you don't believe it is worthwhile. And that's the same thing. 
thing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, it's really changed my life to know that self-acceptance does mean looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing where you want to improve because you love yourself. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. So talk to me a little bit about uh, your eating disorder. You've been really open with sharing about it, which I, I absolutely appreciate because I think it sharing that side of you is, is very vulnerable, but it helps people to understand that like they're not alone, that it happens to people and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, that you're able to, you've been able to find that balance in your life. Um, and kind of talk to me what that pro like that process was like and how you've kind of been able to come out the other side, um, Mm -hmm. a better person. Yeah, this has been 12 years in the in the works for me. And in fact, I was never open about my eating disorders ever up until I started that blog. And it just was like this whole side of myself, like a chasm opened up and these words came tumbling out on post after post of things I really haven't shared. And, you know, not even too much detail. Like I still didn't overshare it, but it probably felt like it because up to that point for other people, I was such a private person. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole, my own family did not know this was, this had happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my old, my own best friends, my old roommates, even my husband. I mean, for the first few years we were married, he didn't really understand that I'd had an eating disorder because I was too ashamed to share about it. Yeah. Because, and this is why, Amber, I didn't have the right eating disorder. Mm. Like in my perfectionist mind, mm. I was a failed anorexic. Because, you know, for 10 years prior, I had done a really good job of restricting what I ate. But then, you know, biology kicks in Mm -hmm. and and then I became a binger. And I'm a non-purging bulimic because I cannot make myself throw up. And Mm -hmm. believe me, I tried. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, purged in other ways by exercise and by restricting. So when I was at my height of an eating disorder there, I mean... I was either really, really, really too skinny or very, very puffy, Mm. you know? Um, But I was just, there was so much shame steeped in even the word binge. I still have a hard time saying that word. Um, That's why I didn't even admit it to my own husband. Like he, he said someone had asked if I had once had an eating disorder because of something we talked about one time in a, you know, a conversation with his family. He's like, oh no, she didn't. And I was like, what do you think that was? And, you know, (laughs) now I look back and I'm like, well, duh, Monica, you didn't, you didn't spell it out for him. Mm -hmm. But as I began to share that, uh, it's like, I took back the power Mm -hmm. and I still struggle with it every day. Like, I don't think I have found a balance actually, but what I have found is so much improvement and so much healing And now I know how to dig my way out of it, even if it's like three times in one day, you know, Um, I know how to work with my mental state. And I know that the best part about being 12 years into my recovery is that I know how to work my way out of it. And I know that what I'm experiencing is not going to go on forever. Mm. If I'm having a bad day or a bad week or whatever it might be in that regard, I know it's going to pass. And that in and of itself has given me a lot of power to, to keep trying. Yeah. I love this idea of taking back that power um, and, mm-hmm. and feeling empowered in your life because I think that as we feel empowered, we're able to go out and make the world a better place, make our families a better place, make ourselves better um, with, with that feeling of power that comes from that. So thank you so much for uh-huh. sharing. I, I know that that 
those are hard things to share. It's, it's the, the messy side of life. And that's one of the things that I love about you is that you're willing to share the messy side of life. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I think it really attracts people to you because of that. Um, Thank you, Amber. (laughs) So I I do want to dive into what you have learned through your podcast. So you've been doing your podcast now for almost two years. Mm -hmm. The the premise of it is this idea of progress over perfection. Like you said, you've interviewed a whole range of people. Um, It's a very broad topic, right? So you can bring in a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different people. So I asked you to kind of think about, you know, over the last two years, what are some of the things that you've learned about progress over perfection that you can share with with listeners? And you, you came up with four things. And I am super excited for you to talk about these four different topics because I think you could probably do a podcast episode on every single one of them. And you said you did. Yeah. You, you gave a, um, did a presentation on them. But yeah. um, I really want to dive into these four topics. So could you kind of introduce them one at a time and talk a little bit about what you've learned about progress over perfection? Totally. And and this is something like I, I said, I've been doing some workshops on it, but I'm starting to do some group coaching as well because there's, I mean, there's so much that I've learned. I, I like have too much to share <laughs> that I want to really, really dive in with this with women um, in particular. So the first one here that I wanted to share is perfection is a myth. Um, it just, I mean, we say that, but I don't think we really believe it. I think we want to believe that somebody can be perfect. And we usually do that in two ways. We see someone being perfect and we idolize them and we make ourselves feel worse. Like, mm. why can't you do that? Like beat ourselves up over it that we can't measure up to having um, an Instagram worthy home and family and, f- and fitness regimen and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost a way for us to beat ourselves down or uh, the second way that we like to uphold that myth of perfection is because it gives us something to lord over others by pretending it exists with us. Mm. And that when we're trying to display that, hey, we've got this all together, we're not really allowing people to connect with us. So I think really we just have to tear down that facade. Perfection is is totally a myth. It doesn't exist for anybody, anybody. And the appearance of it is really just disconnecting people from others, from their own intuition and from who they really are. And I think we suffer from that as um, a culture and as families and in relationships when we pretend otherwise. So that would be the first one. Perfect. And I, and I, I think social media really, you know, everyone talks about it these days of the comparison game, but I really do think that social media has brought that in to existence even more so than it used to be because it's so easy now to make that comparison. You can just scroll through Instagram so and see easy. see what everyone's doing. Whereas before, if you wanted to know what someone's doing, you had to like talk to them. <laughs> and yes. the amount of people you talk to in a day was probably not the amount of people that you see on Instagram. So I do think that that comparison yeah. game can be so, so, so dangerous. Very much so. That's still, still something I have to keep track of myself too. Yeah, I think I think we all do. Um and I think it's one of those things that you like get you're really good about and you're like really conscious about and then you kind of let it let be lax and then you kind of mm-hmm. check yourself again and be like, "Oh gosh, there yeah, that, reel it back in. Reel it back in. There goes that comparison game again. I got to reel it back in and yes. you know, get back in a good headspace." So awesome. That's number 1. So what's number 2? Um, number two for me is progress is messy. If you feel stressed, anxious, if you wonder what the heck you're doing, if you're doing anything right, but you're still trying anyway, you're doing it right. Mm. 
Now, I think the difference, like I've said, is doing it from the stronger sense of self. If you're doing something because you you want to improve and you want to try something and it's messy, you're actually still going to feel fulfilled by it in ways you otherwise wouldn't. If you're doing it for someone else, whether it's your mother or someone in your family or some random person on the internet who doesn't know you, it's not going to feel fulfilling. And otherwise, if you are doing it out of the sense of knowing who you are and why you are of value, it will fill all of those things that will feel stressful and messy and, and you will have self-doubt and all of that, but it will still feel so fulfilling. Progress is not linear. It's a roller coaster and it's going to have dips and valleys. But like I said before, it's the process of it that makes you. Mm-hmm. And that that's the best part to me. Like, I, I hope I'm really clear about that. Like, I'm a total mess. I mean, like, my power got turned off today for the first time ever because I'd forgotten to pay the bill. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was so mortified talking to the operator on the phone. And, and you know what? I was late to piano lessons, and I shouted at my son who kept interrupting a three-minute recording I was trying to do, just three minutes. You know, I'm, I'm a mess, too. But somehow I'm still so much better off than I was three years ago when I wasn't trying anything. So that's what I hope people know. Awesome. And and I love what you say about it feeling fulfilling because because it is uncomfortable sometimes. And mm-hmm. and growth happens in that uncomfortable zone. So it's not always like fun and 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 exciting and and touchy-feely. It's, it's not easy, but at the same time it feels fulfilling almost because it's hard and because you're like seeing incremental progress. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't feel fulfilling, then it's probably not the right thing that you that you should be yeah. doing or you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Totally. That's where you have to take stock. Like where, why are you really doing this? And sometimes you have to think about stopping something, not quitting, but stopping and taking a break to reevaluate and then continuing on. And so I think stopping, um, someone talked to me about this, how stopping is a lot different than quitting. And I have to agree. I think stopping is really important, you know? Taking a conscious pause is not the same thing as quitting. I teach that to my clients a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, you, you can put you can take your foot off the gas without putting on the brake. <laughs> that's kind of how I how I love that, how Amber. I equate it. <laughs> but Ooh, that's awesome! Good. So progress is messy. Okay, what's number three? Uh, it's not about what you do; it's how you view what you do. This was my favorite when you sent me these. This one, I was like, ding, ding, ding! This is going to yeah. be golden. Well, this is where we can let the comparison trap set in. When we see other people's successes and the goals that they have worked on or are working towards or achieved, we often think that our things we are working on have to be just as quote unquote important. And I'm going to get to that next. But a lot of people get hung up on, well, if I'm trying to improve myself, it's got to it's got to be this, this, and this, and this. Or they think I don't know how to improve myself. Where do I even start? And this kind of goes hand in hand with my do something here. It's not about what you actually do. It's how you view what you do. If you think that what, no matter what you do is making you, then it's going to transform you. So perception is everything. Absolutely everything. And I know that you've talked about mindset is going to be an important piece of this podcast. And it's something I have learned so much that it doesn't matter if I am reading a book to my child or creating a podcast that I know thousands of people are going to listen to. What matters is how I view what I'm doing. And that if I think what I am doing matters, 
whether it's reading a book or playing a game or cleaning the dishes, then, then I will feel fulfilled by it. Yeah. And I, when you, when I read this immediately, like motherhood came to mind because I think there are people who feel very unfulfilled as moms. And then there are people who feel very fulfilled and like Mm -hmm. they're right where they're supposed to be. And the difference is not necessarily the you know, for both of them, they're both mothers. Like that's the fact, but it's how they feel about what they're doing and the importance of what they're doing. And when someone really buys into the fact that motherhood is important, that raising children is important, then the way that you view your day is that all of those little things that you're doing are so important that it's, it's fulfilling that you enjoy Mm -hmm. it and that you, you know, feel like you're doing something with, you know, that's making a difference in the world. And in many ways, I think this is freeing for people like me who get caught up in the how. Like, I do want things sped out for me. I, you know, I want to know, okay, how do I get to my endpoint? What's the X, Y, and Z? Um, if you are just if you are just going for something anyway, because you you are viewing it as it helping you get to whatever your end product will be, which is never a, an official end product, um, you're actually going to get there more than if you're just sitting at the starting line and and so unsure. Yes. Yes. Oh, so, so good. That one, I think that one might be my my favorite one. All right. So number four. Cool. Well, this is pretty connected. I mean, these two are kind of sisters. Um, you are important. Therefore, whatever you do is important. And like I said, it's, this is, this is all packed to that mindset piece. If you do not value who you are, or at least respect who you are, you will be caught up in thinking that you have to measure up to the world's standards. So when I'm talking to women about their own do set things and we're creating lists about what they can do on their in their lives that is inspiring them and creative and pushing them and giving them goals or something fun even, um, a lot of them fall into this trap of just thinking it has to be important. And I'm like, why, why is that? Why does it have to be big or public or something that brings you a lot of followers on Instagram? And it really goes back to the source of them thinking that an important outcome is going to prove they are important. And, and that's why I say this goes hand in hand with, it's not about what you do. It's how you view what you do. This is more in, in, in the internal part of it. If you value your own importance, you will know that whatever you do is important too. Mm. That's so good because you are doing it and you are important. Yeah. yeah I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are such those are such good takeaways. And I I do think that by listening to your podcast, like all of these things that you're teaching come out by the way that you host your interviews and by the way that you share this message that it, you know, progress is important and it is about the progress. It's not about the end result. It's mm-hmm. not about perfectionism. It's about the journey. Um, and totally. that's the most important part. Um, I do want to shift gears just a little bit. I want to kind of go back and talk just a little bit about one of like my favorite blog posts that you've ever written. Um, and maybe this was one of your viral ones that you were talking about, but, um, it's titled here lies Monica. She had an amazing body and I'll link it in the show notes for sure so that you can go and read it. But can you kind of summarize that post and why you wrote it and where that was coming, coming from? Well, I mean, in all honesty, I think I was procrastinating something else. (laughs) Well, it ended up being a good thing. Yeah. This is one of those times where I just sat down and the words just flowed out of me. It came just out of a lot of frustration, I think, because I'm so tired of my worth being based off of my appearance, 
that's something that I mistook in my life. I thought my value lied a lot in my appearance. And I think we get that message in a lot of ways as women. And what this whole post was about was basically sharing, no matter what you do, you're going to get old, saggy, wrinkly, and bald. And that applies (laughs) to men and women. You know, it's, that's our destiny. And if you try to fight that, I mean, you're in for a lot of money, plastic surgery, and maybe you can beat it for a time, but you're not going to ultimately beat it in the end. And, and, you know, that's actually the hope that we can all get to that state, right? Instead of being taken too early. So what I was trying to preach there is I think a lot of people buy into this idea that, uh, like I, I kind of fell into my eating disorders based off of health. Like I was able to disguise it so much as health. And because I was what people wanted to believe existed, that perfection thing we talked about, because people wanted to believe that perfection could even be possible. Um, I was idolized for it, praised for it, um, and encouraged to continue in my pursuit of being, you know, quote unquote healthy. But what I was doing was extremely unhealthy. So that post is kind of a way to share, you know, for a lot of people uh, and a lot of um, what we're getting marketed is health. And what it really is, is um, unhealthy living disguises health. Like it's a lot of disordered eating. It's a lot of obsession with exercise and fitness. And, And these are things I love. Actually, I love nutrition. I love fitness. I love all those things. But going too far over is so destructive. And yet, we idolize it. So I don't, it it was just kind of a call (laughs) to, for people to listen up and and see that this is not serving any of us, this thinking, this idolizing of an impossible um, standard. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's something that I struggle with a lot with the fitness industry, being in the fitness industry. It's gotta be hard. It it is finding that balance between, I truly believe that like setting goals and, and hitting achievements is really empowering for women is, and is really important in in growth. But at the same time, I like 100% agree that I feel like there's a lot of things that are idolized in the fitness industry that don't promote health, that promote disordered eating, that promote disordered exercising. Um, And so I find myself often in this kind of limbo, I feel like that I don't necessarily fit in with like the Fitzbos who are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know, rock hard abs and like whatever. And, and, and yet I don't, I don't, I I feel like I like people to set goals and I think goals are important. And I don't think that necessarily setting aesthetic goals is always the worst thing in the world. But I do think that it's important to have that background and that understanding that of your self-worth as you are right now. Um, And that our end goal really is, is that health. And I think you're right that a lot of people are praised for, for an outcome that, they got to through very unhealthy means. Um, and I think that's something that needs to be exposed a lot, a lot more. So I, I commend you for that. No. And that's why I love following you. And that's why I've asked you on the show over and over and continue to share what you talk about, because I, I, I love how you talk about it and how you model it. You know, it's, it is such a different feeling about you. I'm really careful about who I follow and, 
and um, who I like to share about and you do it right. And it's, it's, it's gotta be such a hard balance, especially in your field. It's, it's really good to hear because it is, it is a challenging balance to find a night and I try to find mm-hmm. that sweet spot. <laughs> so yeah, you so do always good to hear that. Awesome. Well, before we like wrap up, I do want to kind yeah. of ask you just a couple of general questions. Um, yeah. a little, some fun questions. Um, first of all, what would someone be like surprised to learn about you? Oh, I, the older I get, the more introverted I am. I'm a half and half extrovert introvert, but I think I'm leaning more and more into the introvert. And I just, I love people, but then I love them to go home. (laughs) (laughs) And I love to be like in a big group setting. And then I need like to go to the bathroom and just be by myself for a little while. (laughs) So I think that is I don't know if that would be surprising I, to people. I'm surprised. But. Well, as someone who like hosts a podcast and like, you know, talks to uh, hundreds of people and <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think that might be surprising. Uh, I am definitely an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, although I do agree that with my age, I have come to appreciate like quiet nights at home mm-hmm. by myself. Like I used, like I didn't in my twenties. Um, so yeah, that's- it's funny. Like I think I'm an extroverted introvert. Mm. And I think my husband is an introverted extrovert because ah. he's the one who keeps inviting people over and I'm the one who keeps talking <laughs> to everyone when they're there. <laughs> That's like, funny. I don't, people think it's the opposite. Awesome. Well, if you could send your message like a 10 year ago, Monica, you could go back and talk to 10 years ago, you, what would you tell yourself? I know that probably was kind of a, a rough time for you. So what, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? Yeah, just to paint the picture for me, I mean, then I was 22. I'd been married for maybe like a year and a half, I guess. Um, and and at that time, I'm kind of, I'm writing a post about this right now. At that time, I was feeling so unsure of my personal future. I wasn't a mom yet, but I knew I wanted to be someday. I was trying to decide if I should fulfill my dream of getting my PhD in humanities, like, and go a whole academic academia route, or if I wanted to plan for my future family and maybe do a plan B. And it was so confusing and complex. And it made me just question so much of my own worth and my value innately as a woman in ways I never had before. And in some ways that have totally inspired to where I've led to today and what I focus on now. But what I would say to Monica 10 years ago is that 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 struggle you have and that you're having right now is going to serve people. It's mm-hmm. going to help people. And to just hold tight and know that as long as you are trying, you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It, it's like finding purpose in in the hard. Mm-hmm. If there's if there's purpose in the hard, you kind of can keep going and and that's that's you know how you would have kept going as as young Monica. And that's what you did, you know, you did. You yeah. kept going and you got to where you are are now and then 10 years from now we're going to be in a different place um and continue yes. to have that growth. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I I'm kind of looking forward now to seeing where I am in 10 years. Who knows? I mean, it's like I never thought I would be doing this. So Amen. Who knows what 10 years more will bring. I, it's, it's always funny. I always feel like I, I'm so mature and I've learned so much and I've grown so much. And then you 
get a couple years older and you're like, I knew nothing back then. Exactly. <laughs> and I totally. just feel like if I feel like that in my thirties, what is it going to be like in my fifties and sixties and seventies? Totally. You're just going to be like baby Amber knew nothing back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of humbling to think about that a, a little bit. All right. Awesome. Monica. Well, can you let everybody know about your podcast, where they can find you, how to follow you on social media? Yeah, sure. My podcast, like we said, is about progress. You can find that, I think, almost anywhere, um, I hope, <laughs> by this point. My website is aboutprogress.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress. And I'm starting to launch some different coaching programs. I do some private coaching, but I'm doing a very small group coaching program called the Progress Program that I would love for your um, listeners to look into. M- my doors may or may not be open at this point for applicants once us errors, but either way you can look into it and see if they're open and if it's something that they think would help them make some more growth in their life happen, um, in ways that are going to serve them. Awesome. So if they want to do that, they just go to your website or where can they find about that? Yep. Still just go to my website, website. and then yeah, click on progress program to the top. Thank you so much, Monica. You you, are such an inspiration. And I know that everyone's going to love this interview as much as I love you. So thank you. Thanks, Amber. I love you too. Monica is such a classy lady, and I love what she has to share about this idea of progress over perfection. And I really encourage you as you're going through your journey, as you're going through your journey with your relationships and your life and your fitness journey, to really remember it's about the process. It's about the growth that happens during the process, not about some imaginary finish line, but over that time that you're going through that journey, it's about the process, as about the progress that you're making as you keep taking one step in front of another. That's going to wrap up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.